0: On this week's General Admission, we talk about the upcoming Sum 41 and Pup shows, share our thoughts on co-headlining tours, and talk a little Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ryan Scotty of the LA pop punk band Cold Weather Kids joins us to talk about his time in the industry and their new single. And we wrap up with album previews for next week and a Hey Remember segment. All right, let's go. Hello, Brett. Okay, episode eight. It is May 4th. May the 4th be with you, Brett.
1: Cinco de Mayo soon.
0: Ooh, yeah. My friend sent me uh, A New Hope by Blink, so I was listening to the Princess Leia song in honor of May the 4th. I love Dude Ranch.
1: It's such (laughs) an underrated. I don't know if it's underrated (laughs) in there discography or but like, just, I gotta listen to it as much as I sh- I don't listen to it as uh, <laughs> I don't listen to it as much as I should <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you should listen to it more because it's it's just the vocals are so good but I mean so bad but they're good bad um but yeah um we have some news this week because Brett and I are going to see some 41 and simple plan in a couple of days maybe <laughs> yeah so it's an outdoor show and the weather is not looking good and the band is not looking good either <laughs> so uh brett you want to cue the listeners in on um, the latest news for this tour
1: i do i have a whole like weather discussion i want to have with you because i know if you've been holding off until the podcast but today's news kind of Upset me a little bit. I want to say to be nice, like, I don't want to say anything too mean because ideally I'd love to have someone from some 41 on the show someday. Are but you mad at
0: some 41 or at the I'm weather?
1: A, both, <laughs> or at some 41 right now, being both.
0: under the weather.
1: <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> I see you did there, yes, but. I'm I'm mad at the band for their... I mean, I hope they're doing okay. They announced they had to cancel a show tonight because somebody in the band tested positive for COVID. So I obviously wish them the best there. Hope they get well soon. Of course. But it's a co-headlining tour. People to that show bought tickets to see them. There's probably fans like you who aren't crazy about Simple Fan. Simple, Simple Fan. Simple Plan. (laughs) I'm
0: a Simple Fan of Simple Plan.
1: (laughs) Simple, (laughs) Simple Fan of Simple Plan. (laughs) But so instead of rescheduling the show or just refunding people who don't want to go anymore because they're not playing, they're pretty much just like, hey, uh, Simple Plan is still going to play tonight. So you guys go have fun. What? Yeah. That's like if I go to like a like a pizza shop and I order a pizza and I go to pick it up and I open it up and it's just like dough with sauce and they tell me, oh, sorry, we ran out of cheese, but it's twenty five fifty. I'm not going to buy that pizza. Like, you have to give people their money back or reschedule. Those are the only two options there. You can't just force it through and yeah. bring in this back to us for Saturday. If they still can't play on Saturday, are they really expecting people to go out and just see simple plan in 30 mile an hour winds with heavy downpours?
0: Uh, I don't want to particularly do that
1: <laughs> no <laughs> like simple like I, I defend simple plan on this podcast but they're not one of the bands i'd stand out in like a monsoon for
0: no this was they were the perfect band for this show because i would like to see them but i'm not going out of my way to see them i'm going to see some 41 and hey i get to see simple plan who i never saw before cool um if some 41 is not playing that really throws a wrench in the gears and it's an extra layer for me because for the waster the music blog that i write for i'm on the list for simple plan to like cover them i just have to cover the show but it's simple plans guest list that's getting me into the show for free so like i have to go (laughs) like i i I don't think i can just bail (laughs)
1: I was going to say, so if given the option of a refund or going, what would you do now? I know that answer.
0: (laughs) I'm going, but um, if it wasn't this, uh, you know, extra circumstances, I would save the drive and save the cold. I was excited to see some 41 in the rain. Like, you know, would I prefer like a nice 70 degree spring night? Of course. But like, I don't know, just get rowdy in the pit in the rain to some 41. Like, It'd be fun. I don't. I don't care. You wear a, wear a poncho, whatever. Um. So what I think best case scenario here is, is that the weather is so bad <clears throat> that they have to postpone the show. And then if some forty one is still too sick to play, no harm, no foul. We we kind of dodge a
1: bullet. That's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point. Like it's wrong to be rooting for a postponement, but. I feel like, again, if we're not going to get some 41, I'd rather get this show in full and enjoy an awesome concert in like a t shirt and shorts with a nice cold beer and the Asbury sun setting over the stage instead of getting whipped with like ocean breeze and <laughs> hail and whatever the hell is going to hit us on Saturday. But
0: yeah, not to mention it's like an hour drive for me, it's yeah. a little closer to home for you. But yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, you know, I could see like the opener that no one ever heard of. Maybe not off. Well, I meant like in general, oh. like, but like if there's some opener that gets sick, it's like the show must go on. But people bought tickets to see the band play like their debut album in full. So
1: that's another <laughs> uh, I was going to touch on that, too. They're not being consistent with that so really? far on this tour. Based not, on Setlist FM, they're, they're not, not being consistent.
0: <laughs> they're not playing all killer, no filler.
1: <laughs> so they have once, the first night of the tour they did, and then Simple Plan didn't play No Helmets, that oh, one. Yeah, But then the next night, Simple Plan did that album in full, and then Sum 41 did a Greatest Hits set. So apparently, instead of them playing both albums in their sets, so like rotating nights... And who gets to play which album instead of giving the audience both?
0: Huh. That is pretty wonky because it was advertised as it those was. albums. Yeah. It's also advertised as the Blame Canada tour. So I'm just blaming Canada for all of this, for the weather, for just COVID in general for the past two <laughs> years. <laughs> now we know where they it came from. It was those maple everything on trees. Canada. <laughs> it was some 41 and Justin Bieber and Drake and Rush and whoever else. <laughs> Not Silverstein. They can get a pass.
1: They definitely get a pass.
0: <laughs> Although they're kind of on a shit list. Too. <laughs> speaking of co-headlining tours. <laughs> the most positive uh, start to an episode here. But yeah, speaking of co-headlining tours, um, Silverstein just announced a tour with, uh, do you know? Amity Affliction. Amity Affliction. Um, I've never listened to it before. I thought it was a clothing line, but that's okay. Same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's with the co-head? They just did a co-headlining tour.
1: Play- with Tooth, right?
0: Yeah, which that's pretty cool, but that didn't come close enough to hear to see. But like, I want to just see the band I want to see. And they can have reckon- openers and we'll watch the openers, but the I don't get the whole co-headlining thing. And it, is it co-headlining? Like, if you can promise me Silverstein's going on last, then in my mind, they're headlining. But I don't know if it's that simple as far as set times and everything
1: goes. I I think it makes the opener longer than what we're accustomed to. Because they play a full set too, in addition to Silver Scene's full set.
0: I will say, I saw a co-headlining tour once that worked very well for me. And granted, it was two bands I liked, but I thought they did a good job. It was was modest mouse and brand new. And the way it worked was brand new. Um, the one I saw was in uh Brooklyn, maybe, maybe Queens, um, Forest Hill Stadium. Um, that Queens? That's Queens. Uh, wherever J. Cole's from Forest Um, but it was at the tennis court and um brand new played when the sun was still up, and like, you know, they have their early stuff is like pretty is pop punk. It's fun, like outside music, um, daytime music, I would kind of put it. And then they have their darker songs. And then as the sun went down, their set ended. And then Modest Mouse came on when it was dark and they were able to do all like their weird psychedelic, weird instruments. Like it just worked like each band kind of fit in the slot that they were put in. Um, but a club venue when you're just like inside like that with two very similar bands, I don't, I don't know.
1: I was kind of hoping for more, especially coming off like this new album that drops on Friday. Yeah. Then I'm sure we're both going to love, like just knowing how consistent they are.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe we're just salty that like we don't know the other band. Maybe we should listen to them them a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I hope that's the case because I was sad to have missed Silverstein on the Beartooth tour. So like I fully intend to see them on this tour, assuming like the date fits into my schedule. But
1: the fall tour summer tour
0: uh i haven't even looked at dates uh no wait uh i sent you a picture i want to say september um i'll pull it up but um yeah i don't i don't know the co-headlining thing like is it because they're trying to like garner new fans from like these other bands or is it a label thing it just seems like a strange decision
1: yeah especially like when they're kind of What's the word I'm looking for here? I feel like they're big enough now where they should be. They're established enough where they should just be headlining by themselves, unless they're going around with like a data member or a band of like that ilk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Playing these, I don't think these guys, they're certainly not bigger than Silverstein. Um, but I don't want to like rub my mouth on them too much now because I haven't listened to them. So, like, that's not no, I entirely either. fair. It's uh September twenty fourth, by the way. So it is at, the fall tour. At Starland. So yeah, I mean if I can go, I'm gonna go. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But um definitely an odd decision to do back to back co headlining tours like that.
1: Or at least just bring Bear Tooth out again for like different venues.
0: Yeah, that would be nice, but that might just be us being greedy.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like that one I wouldn't have complained about.
0: No, yeah. So I think our biggest gripe is just that we don't know the other band. So yeah, we'll listen to them and we'll take back all the bad things we said. I'm I hope. sure that's
1: probably what's going to end up <laughs> happening. But
0: and you you also have to remember, like assuming it's not like a label smashing bands together, which I don't think is the case because Silverstein, like you said, is established enough. But a lot of times, like if they're picking their friends or picking a band they like then there's a good chance we're gonna like them like if a band you like is vouching for another band then they at least deserve like our our time of day to see if we like them or not
1: and i agree with that it's just i think it's a difference when it's a regular opener compared to a co-headliner because you're gonna we're gonna have to sit through like a longer set and if it's someone we don't like we have like a good like 13 uh I want to say maybe 16 songs to sit through before a silver scene will come on. Yeah, and, as it's opposed good? to like seven or eight.
0: Yeah. Well, if we wind up not liking them, we just hit up a bar beforehand or drink in the VFW parking lot for and an hour. Like <laughs> Which, like, I would always vouch like lean towards pre gaming inside to see the openers. The only thing is, like, beer is more expensive inside. But... Yeah,
1: that's the thing.
0: <laughs> But yeah, we'll see. We'll give them a listen, and hopefully, eat our words. And they can come on the show and tell us we were dicks. Would love that.
1: <laughs> It'd be completely fair on their
0: end. <laughs> um, we also have another show on Monday. This has been uh, this is our stacked weekend, assuming some forty one happens. But um, we have weather pup. won't impact this one. No, we have pup at Starland throwing it down. I am super duper excited.
1: I am too. Especially the fact that they're gonna go 19 songs straight. No encore. They don't. don't, That's it.
0: Yeah. They're not about Encores. (laughs)
1: Which I'm okay with. Just if you want to get all your songs out, just no need to like go away for five minutes, pretend you're done when everyone knows you're not.
0: Yeah. No, totally. Especially for like a band at their level. Like I could see the big bands. You need just like a pee break, maybe um and then you come back it always cracks me up when a band like takes a break and people start chanting one more song and i'm looking around like they're gonna play like four more songs yeah you're you're ripping yourself off here (laughs) stop chanting for one song depriving yourself (laughs) yeah what are you doing but no yeah i don't 19 songs straight it's
1: whoo like 19 high energy songs i can only imagine what that crowd is gonna be like I'm Are you still
0: you still enjoying their latest album? Uh, it's been out for like a month.
1: It's still like that's the one I just put on. I can just relax. Well, not relax, but I can fire it up. But.
0: yeah, yeah, same. I'm still just as just as much into it. Um, I haven't been listening to it on repeat like I was at when it first came out, but I still listen to it like maybe once a day.
1: I've been going back into like their older stuff too, like uh, morbid stuff if this tour doesn't kill you yeah like i forgot how good of a song dvp is oh yeah i can't wait to hear that one. Oh yeah uh,
0: there's uh there's another one off that um off that album that they play that i'm not super familiar with um familiar my patterns li- my life is over and i couldn't be happier <laughs> a nice uplifting title <laughs> um Only i but- like i know the chorus but like i i guess i slept on that album a little bit like i think morbid stuff honestly might be my favorite by them
1: that's probably their best one
0: i really like it i mean there's also recency bias like i really like the unraveling and their first album was great yeah they they just deliver uh i i was torn with this um so my friend at work lauren who i've mentioned before on the podcast um she's going and she messaged me saying they're not switching up the set list. I made a playlist of it if you want it. It's, it's a tough, a tough decision for these things because I like to be surprised. I like to have um yeah, that element of surprise at a show. You don't know what they're gonna play, if they're gonna play your favorite song or not. But then when it's a band that I don't confidently know every single song, I want to go in prepared. It's more fun when you can sing along. And that's just a fact. So if I need to kind of cheat, I'm going to. Um, I did take the playlist link from her and I have been listening to it. I know the first three songs they're going to play because it's at the top of the playlist. Other than that, I've been listening to it on shuffle. So I will still have some element of surprise, but I'll be familiar with, with all the songs. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, I'm cheating (laughs) I to get today. I built a playlist of their set list Uh. and I listened to it the entire day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There are like, and then I wonder like the songs I don't know, am I really going to like know them by Monday (laughs) as far as like singing more than just the chorus?
1: Probably not, but
0: you'll be a little more familiar with them. Yeah.
1: At least know like the beats and like when like the yeah. breakdowns are coming up and
0: yeah, because they had a an EP or like a couple singles that came out at one point with the song Edmonton that <laughs> this I did sucks ass yeah EP. <laughs> yeah I didn't I didn't even remember that coming out to be honest I don't
1: either that's why I saw the two songs they play off that and I was like oh guess I'll have to learn these two songs
0: and it's pretty cool that they still play a couple off their first album
1: I was kind of disappointed i wanted some more from that
0: one yeah i'm looking now since i didn't actually look at the whole set list but they only played two it looks like which is a little disappointing but i'm looking at the thumbnails of all the different albums and i'm liking what i'm seeing i spoiled the whole set list. Yep. <laughs> like, i, I wish we got guilt words. trip
1: from the first album
0: uh you sure about that
1: it's only Reservoir and Dark Days.
0: It's not what I have.
1: Unless maybe are they changing the set list up then?
0: I I am going off what Lauren told me, but the playlist she sent me has Guilt Trip on it. And I've been banking on that. And now I'm going to be sad. I mean, Dark Days is good too, but it's it doesn't go as hard. It's more of like a it's happier a song on. as far as pop songs go.
1: Great guitar riff though.
0: Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's not, not really good representation but it <laughs>
1: sounded better in my head
0: <laughs> yeah it sounds gonna be great
1: um uh, no full full-blown meltdown either guys a little disappointed by it. and oh, again yeah. this could all be different come monday night but also we'll yeah
0: um i feel like filing for bankruptcy is like similar vibes to
1: it is yeah
0: so i want i wonder if they take all that into account 19 songs though that's going to be fat. Fat playlist. It's um, funny, though, when
1: you put it all together in one playlist, though, it's only an hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> of how short their <laughs> songs are.
0: Yeah. Like that Edmonton song I'm seeing now, it's it's a minute ten. So I don't have to bother learning that one. <laughs> that, it's pretty
1: much like a full-blown meltdown song.
0: I can't possibly sing in a crowd for 19 songs anyway. So No. <laughs> I Especially can't. with their songs. <laughs> yeah. They're, at least, like like some of like the most out of breath mosh pits I've been in has been like taking back Sunday because i have to sing every single lyric while also running around. And then they have slow songs. So at least I can stop running around at a few points. Um, There's not going to be any slow songs with Pup. There's like the beginning of Scorpion Hill is it.
1: (laughs) But then like you want to run like the mile after it kicks in.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the, I think that's their best song. That song is a, goddamn masterpiece i love that and song. kids kids is great oh, that whole album is so good i oh, can't wait do you ever feel like i had a weird a weird thought the other day when a show is coming up i feel obligated to listen to the band and then it makes me not want to listen to them is that is that crazy
1: Wait, say that one more time, like listen to them, like seeing them live or like.
0: Yeah. So like the other last week I saw I saw Jawbreaker and I had those tickets for a while. So like the past like four months, I'm like, man, I got to keep listening to like this album because I know I'm going to see it and all this other music's coming out. And there's days where I'm like, I don't really want to listen to this album, but I feel like I have to because I'm going to the show and I don't want to like not be I don't want it to fall off. And it's just like this weird thing where I have this like internal struggle of what music I should listen to. You
1: no, know, it's funny you mentioned <laughs> that because like I've been having that same battle this week, like trying to listen to like Sniffle Plane and Sum 41. And like, I love like listening to like both of them, but like there's a certain band that's going to be coming on our show in the near future whose album I keep going to instead. Yep. So I completely get where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's there's things that I really want to listen to, and then there's. It's not like I don't like these other bands at all. I just, I just don't like feeling like I have to do things. I think that's no. what it comes down to. This might be deeper than than music, <laughs> but yeah. Like today, I put on Pup for a little, but I was like, I don't really feel like listening to Pup today, <laughs> but but I'm going to anyway. Um, I'm still it's super excited enough. for the show. Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, yeah it's just like an interesting thing i don't feel like i have to listen to some 41 leading up to that well this is when i thought they were playing all killer no filler but i think mean, i hopefully should they do i think i'll it's... still be fine
1: what a weird like thing to tell people though and then like not actually do it yeah although I feel, like,
0: I feel like i never actually saw them say that i've just heard it from a bunch of people so did we, like, create this own rumor and expectations?
1: No, there was an article for him. I'm trying to, let's see who the source was so we know who to blame. Canada. Let's see. Other than Canada. Canada's the country we could blame, but who's the news source?
0: The let's source see. is Canada, because that's where these bands came from.
1: All right, we got NME. Let's see. Yep. Okay.
0: NME.
1: NME. February NME. 23rd.
0: Enemy. Is that what they're going for? It's like how I always called AXS, AXS instead of (laughs) Axis.
1: Set to kick off in Raleigh, North Carolina on April 29th, Sum 41 will play their classic 2001 album, All Killer, No Filler, in its entirety, while Simple Plan will perform their debut album, 2002's No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls, in full. Well, I know Oh, and then taking to Twitter to share the news... Some 41 wrote, we've known the guys in Simple Plan for a very long time, but we've never toured together until now. Introducing the Blame Canada tour. Come celebrate 21 years of all killer, no filler all across the U.S.
0: Well, they just want us to celebrate the album. It doesn't mean they're going to play it.
1: <laughs> so maybe NME twisted their words.
0: It's possible. I still Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Blaine, also there's an
1: ad here for Lim biscuit playing the garden i did not know that was happening
0: <laughs> yeah although
1: actually no Mike yeah, we, mentioned that we right? talked about that we with, did talk about Halleagle. that
0: yeah i think they're doing a few days no just one uh i don't know i know rage is doing like four days
1: but we got snubbed from the rock and roll hall of fame
0: did they is that recent news or
1: it is i believe like eminem got in over them <laughs>
0: Uh, i don't know <laughs> i mean i like eminem
1: i do too but like you can't how do you not put rage in
0: is it like they don't get in at all now or they just have to like wait another year
1: if to wait another year
0: Why? <laughs> why was this the year like why aren't they in already
1: i think they became eligible this year
0: uh so they're doing like baseball rules where they can't be like a, fa- a first year i guess so
1: that doesn't <laughs> make sense like how Variety has a headline, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's class of 22 has something to satisfy almost everybody except people who like rock bands. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's funny. Well, I mean, I had Sing for the Moment with, with the Aerosmith riff, so there you go. What was that, other, what's that other song he had? Um, I mean, he had a lot of guitar songs. He had uh, uh, Revelation was a D12 song, but that had like a pretty sweet guitar riff. And then there was, he did one of his more recent albums had like what is it? Like the I Love Rock and Roll riff or something like that.
1: That's the one I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for Eminem. Uh, I like Eminem, but weird to not put Rage in there like as rock and roll as it gets.
1: And they pretty much ignited like the rap rock movement or the like the rap metal movement, I should say.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would think they predate Eminem or they might have came up like pretty similar time frames early nineties blowing up in late nineties and then they're probably on pretty similar time frames but yeah
1: very strange
0: know. very strange
1: yeah the performers are Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, the Eurythmics. Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, and Carly Simon.
0: Huh. That's everyone who got in.
1: Everyone who got in this year, and the ones who weren't picked were Rage Against the Machine, Devo, Tribe Called Quest, Beck, the New York Dolls.
0: You know, one of Kate your lists Bush. One of your lists sounds way more like rock and roll Hall, hall of Fame people than the others. I mean, Lionel um, Richie's not rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand what their decision making is, but I can tell you, Rage Against the Machine will get in the Hall of Fame. So whatever. Oh,
1: didn't they deserve it?
0: I could see them just not, because they're a band that I would think wouldn't care, but also would want to still get in.
1: Yeah, (laughs) because they're literally a band where like there's every single person in that band is like great at their instrument. Yeah, and like no one sings or raps like Zach La Roche. No, so like it's a very unique band, and they definitely more than are in their place to be in there
0: but the rock and roll hall of fame is the machine so
1: it is (laughs) yeah which they rage against
0: yes so that's why they have to wait a year because they've been disrespectful to the machine (laughs) which has also been being fed too much as we established last week
1: yes a lot going (laughs) on with
0: machines these days (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you want to get to our interview with uh ryan scotty of cold weather kids Let's
1: do it. Who gave like the greatest answer to why pop punk is back.
0: Yes. Yeah. Stay tuned because that was super fun interview. Um, All right. We'll catch you guys on the back half. Okay. We now welcome on a very special guest, Ryan Scotty. He is the singer, songwriter, and bass player of LA's own cold weather kids. If you don't know them, they're your new favorite pop punk band that will remind you of your old favorite pop punk band. Ryan, look, smile, lean in, get closer, because in our oh, mind, man. you're a perfect 10. Look Thanks at that. Thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? <laughs>
2: man, I was just got bombarded by a whole bunch of like inside jokes that I didn't expect anybody but my own band members to know. So I'm a little like <laughs> taking aback right now. And I'm excellent. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the,
0: the new single is awesome. Um, we're really enjoying it. Both of us. Um, I wanted to jump right into um the, a phrase I said in the intro. Your new favorite pop punk band that's going to remind you of your old favorite pop punk band
2: because you see it's one of my reels that I made. Right, you saw yeah. that
1: guy. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. We did our homework. Yeah. So my
2: my best friend and I, Adam, who is like my right hand guy. It's like if I am the idea factory, he's the guy that like curates and says like this is really good, edit this and get rid of that stuff. So like, I'll come to him with like eight songs and we'll work on like three and make them really, really good. Kind of that kind of stuff. So in Stolen Summer, he's the main singer cause we go back and forth singing wise mm-hmm. It's the two of us on that. And uh, I'm mainly actually a drummer. So I kind of write from that perspective so it's like, that's my <laughs> drum set behind me. Uh, I actually play in a different band from Chicago called Devin K and the Solutions. Um, We have a small deal on pure noise. So I've been doing that for like 13 years. And this is just my like LA like pop punk baby. Like I love the years 2002 to 2008. No better music, in my opinion. So I don't try to reinvent the wheel at all. I know that I'm writing stuff that you've heard before, and I don't care because it's what makes me genuinely happy. And if you dig it too, that's all that I really want. I know that like I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I know that like the naysayers are going to be like, wow, haven't heard this before. And I'm like, you're right, you haven't. (laughs) It's just relevant lyrics to today. I mean, you have heard it. It's just relevant to today. That's basically Stolen Summer. Stolen, Stolen Summer is just like, a straight up 2005 pop punk like smash hit with COVID lyrics. That's all, that's what we were going for.
1: That music's like right up our alley too. Like that's what we talk about a lot, like most of the time on this show. So it's definitely right up our alley. Love it.
0: Yeah. You've come to the right place and you have dual vocals with the guy named Adam who wears Taking Back Sunday shirts. So I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, like, yeah.
2: He's the TBS. I'm Ryan from yellow card. Unfortunately, I mean, (laughs) Like, Don't Meet Your Heroes Kids, like, that's a long story. But, like, one year <laughs> I got the opportunity to play Warp Tour and, like, got the opportunity to hang out with him. And to say he didn't make the best impression on me, so it kind of ruined the, the music a little bit. Oh, no. Then, you know, I can still appreciate, I mean, Yellow Card, for sure, they made, like, three of my most influential albums on me and my music taste of all time. I want to try and di- dive two down, like, nah. the alleyway nah. of people because, like, well, everybody's everybody's got a story,
0: you know? Of course not. And your your idea to your music is that you want to stay positive with a lot of this stuff which exactly mm -hmm, which i think we could all use right now coming off the last couple years um i was looking at your band and i couldn't really find much before 2020 so i was wondering did you form during the pandemic did you form before and then just get smacked in the face right away like how did did Um, that go down
2: so backstory, I guess, in terms of how we like Cold Weather Kids is, yes, we were established in 2019. We put out our first music in 2020. Um, the music on our first release, songs we can't finish. Adam and I have been in bands for like nine years. We went to college together in Chicago. He's my best friend. We were the best men at each other's wedding, uh, that kind of stuff. And the first band that we had in college in the early 2010s was called Glass Castles. And that was more or less trying to be pop punk with uh, a girl singer and Adam and I backing her up. And so we did that for about a year, recorded an EP. And then we had songs kind of working on after that. And then when we all graduated, that was basically it. And throughout the next like two years after that, Adam and I would both play in wedding bands and like establish experience like how does it work to play in like a corporate gig how does contracts work how does uh copyright work like if you're doing something like a custom song for bride and groom and it's gonna be video all that kind of different stuff that like as uh, a guy in a band that started out in a garage probably stuff you don't think about was really valuable when adam and i both eventually found our way here to los angeles and uh Baxter and why we're called cold brother kids i was born and raised in chicago grew up in wisconsin and Adam is born and raised in North Michigan. We are very much cold weather children. That's for um, sure. <laughs> and we live in Los Angeles now. So that's one of the things that we get a lot of shit about. So just <laughs> kind of want to, that was like one of my bullet points. Make sure you talk about this. And uh, that kind of goes with the origin story as well. Our drummer actually came up with the name. Our drummer that's actually not with us anymore. but still a great, great friend of ours. He just uh, focused more on family life during the pandemic when it hit and he's going to be a dad coming up. So, you know, priorities change and bands come and go. Adam and I have been in upwards of like five, six bands. And uh, the name of like this band before it was Cold Weather Kids in Los Angeles was called Water District. So if you look up that name, you will find Uh... pictures of me because I was in the last lineup of that. And a year prior to that, Adam was in the band before I actually joined the band. And so it was like overlap there. I ended up taking the drummer of Water District, getting Adam back, starting Cold Weather Kids, adding a second guitarist, and then our old drummer left. So it's kind of like already been a little bit of switch and swap members, that kind of thing. So that's why when I like make EPKs and stuff, it's usually a lot of focus on myself and Adam, cause like he's my best friend and that's like the essential. I can fill in all the drums, he can do every single guitar. It started as just a recording project, me and him wanting to make pop punk songs. And then he's like, I think we should make a band. And we made a band, started playing gigs and then we started getting attention, started getting an online audience. Before you know it, we got, holy crap, 20,000 monthly listeners. And this is actually kind of serious. And, you know, being unsigned and owning all of our own masters and copyrights, it's decent. Monthly income, not it's not like a mainstay by any means. Everybody knows who's trying to make it streaming-wise on on music. You're not going to make a crazy living, but if you own all your masters and you do have a decent monthly following, it's it's not like jump change. We're we're not talking about like you know Starbucks coffee or anything like that. I'm talking about like uh it's three gas tanks kind of, which is very expensive right now. It, It you know it pays to get to us get to shows for us and that kind of stuff it helped pay for a down payment on our first merch line, you know, so very, very recently within like the last six months, have we taken like more of a turn for let's play more shows. Let's, let's be a little bit more serious. Let's promote our release more because before this last song count to 10 came out, stolen summer was released almost a year. It was last July. That was our previous release. So we've just been going one song at a time. And really taking our time with it. The whole motto behind our entire band is just no stress because all four of us, well, three out of the four of us are married uh, and the fourth was married before. So, you know, we're kind of guys that have gone through it. We don't uh, have that much, I would say, like expectations. Not, not to say that we're not trying to do something with it, but we don't have I think all of us have had previous younger experiences where we had like the billboard marquees in our eyes kind of thing, and I want to I want to say like I had like a little bit in previous bands tastes of that kind of stuff, and like that life that life is a lot of change pretty rapidly, and now the three out of the four of us being married, having wives, I have a daughter, I have uh, another guy that's got you know a kid on the way you know, we want a balanced lifestyle. We want to be able to play shows and stuff like that. And then we also want a family life. So that's the benefit of being able to live in Los Angeles is like we can play big, awesome concerts, great opportunities within the surrounding hour and a half radius without ever leaving greater Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds super beneficial. Um,
2: Basically the whole motivation and story in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You mentioned, um, how you saw your listenership like kind of go up like i don't know if it was overnight or not but was there it's like a month there something you can pinpoint that set that off or was it just by chance
2: stolen summer stolen summer it's it's still a song that's been out for less than a year and that song has got more streams than all of our other songs combined wow
1: it's so, such a good song, though.
2: That song hit with the right audience during the right time. There were a couple of bands, <clears throat> Blink, that wrote terrible quarantine songs. <laughs> terrible quarantine songs. We don't talk and, about that song. And I honestly, <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. I'm not, you know, trying to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, it produced a lot of songs. I wrote a song about COVID. I just happened to think it really hit the nail on the head, and it wasn't cliche. Like, that was, that was the thing. That was like best about it is like the more people i showed was like this is more catchy than it is uh cringy you know writing about being stuck inside and being like like how many times did you guys during quarantine or being on lockdown did you guys well i finished netflix last week so i'm gonna move (laughs) on to who it's like i heard that joke like every other day and it was definitely the inspiration behind that line i'm so over netflix always being stuck inside because like That was what our lives, it was like video games or streaming services.
1: Have fun. Yeah. It's you literally know. a song that every single person can relate to. I think that's probably why it like grasped so many people. The subject uh, content was
2: good and, and definitely <laughs> easy to write about being relatable. But what really like sold it home for me was Adam's guitar riff. I
0: was i going to like, like, gonna, gonna talk <laughs> about that. that yeah, I'm going
2: to talk the about that and blow riff. that up for a second. So that again goes back to like college lore that was started as a glass castle song oh, so like cool. we had full intention and it was slower and we had full intention to like talk about like high school days and stuff and i just never got around to finishing a demo and the band disbanded and then you know i was going through old stuff and found that and i was like I'm not the guitarist by any means, but like I can edit things in, a, you know, Logic or Pro Tools or anything like that to make it cleaned up. And I took that, wrote the chorus for Stolen Summer, sent it to him and he's like, all right, this is really good. And then he came over the next day and filled in like all of the leads. So like the lead in the chorus of Stolen Summer is him too, that's awesome. The swing part in the bridge was Adam, that was his idea as well. It's like, I'm telling you, like, we, we have this amazing process of having a writing partner that I can trust and lean on for the last nine and a half years now of making good quality music. And we also have a great producer who I want to talk about as well. He makes it sound amazing. And like his portfolio will like establish why he's worked with huge names and it's awesome that he still takes the time to produce a small band unsigned like us. Um, but Adam is brilliant guitarist that can literally be like, I can hum something and he can instantly play (laughs) it on the guitar. He's got that good of an ear so it's just awesome to ping pong off of him because he always fills in the blanks whenever i hit like any sort of stop sign
0: oh that's great that's what you want in a writing partner because it yeah, really it, keeps the ideas flowing it's one yeah how about uh, trust how about the groan slash scream at the beginning of stolen summer who did that and how many times did it take No, so no, it, 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 it was adam <laughs> It, was it really Adam. captures that like frustration. Oh man.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I love that every, I've done like three or four podcasts now. And I love that we come back to stolen summer. Cause I really do. Oh, like the bands like kind of quote unquote, let's like hope it continues to blow like bigger. It's like, we see the numbers go up, but we always want more. But anyways, that whole intro part, that slow acoustic where Adam sings by himself. And then he does the groan, the drummer and Adam, they, he wanted to cut that. wanted to cut that and he just wanted to start with the guitar riff and i was i was like guys like imagine this like have some depth of vision for a second imagine that this song actually does really catch and we get a show with like 500 people in the audience and it's packed and you start you strum that first chord and the audience just starts the song and they start screaming it back to you at that slower point like now tell me how that makes you feel and like that's the kind of vision that I have with it. And so that's why I fought so hard for that part to stay. As far as the groan goes, uh, it was the demo groan. It was the demo one. And he recorded a whole bunch, right? Like, right, this is the home studio actually right behind me here. I got like the whole thing. He recorded a whole bunch right here. (laughs) And over and over again, it it just didn't sound exactly right. And I sent it to our producer, Nick. And he was saying this, he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, do you mind if I actually just like chop up the screen from the demo and blend it in there? And I was like, please. Like it, it was like, it was per- like, I think for the demo, that was the one take. And I was like, perfect. That's the idea. And it was, it just stuck. And that's why I chose, I fought really, really hard to keep that part in there because I was, it was outvoted at the time. We were just a three piece. I was outvoted two to one. And uh, I got I got our producer, Nick, Nick Rad to uh, like vouch for it. He's like, no, it's a good part. It needs to stay.
1: I can't picture it without it at this point.
2: (laughs) It's like, uh, you know, if you don't know the song, like if you're listening to the song on your own, like with your headphones, maybe you might like skip over it, but like live, if you're going to see us live and like you're going to see stolen summer, like I think you absolutely need it because when I go see bands that have any sort of gang vocal part or any sort of part that is relatively close to how that feels, like that's the like the live part of the concert that I believe the audience lives for because they get to be a part of the show, right? And that's yeah. the big part of why I love to perform is because if you can unite a group of people passionately joyous about one thing, even just for three minutes, a song, then like you don't have to know anybody else in the audience to still have something to be happy about.
0: Yeah, it's the beauty yeah. of pop punk and just music in general totally sense of community which which stolen summer talks about losing but i'm wondering like so you wrote stolen summer you said last july or june somewhere that's, around there. that's so, when it came that's when came it came out, out excuse me yeah so yeah. it's been almost a year now and now you have count to 10 that just came out so is there some sort of pressure to recreate it or are you just that's a song that like how, how it, does was. That feel? Yeah, it was yeah there's definitely imagine like it's uh
2: Man, as so you have all this success, everybody's like really pumped about it. Hundreds of like, you know, a hundred comments on YouTube on the music video, which we like didn't put like a promotional campaign behind it. And then we had a real, an Instagram reel with Stolen Summer on it that reached a million views in terms of social media stuff. And you have that kind of success based around one song, following it up without like a label or resources or a budget. That, that kind of sucked. So like we have like four other songs that are finished. And I just wanted to make sure that the next one that we put out was the absolute best one. And this one was like the next closest that we felt was relatable. I I, still in my heart, like, I guess I don't feel like it's as smash ahead as Stolen Summer because it's not as relatable universally. I still tried to make it universally relatable just about being frustrated in the world. Like you get pissed off. That combined with hearing Fall Out Boy's Dance Dance in 2022. That, yeah. that was my main inspiration for the it, nice bass
0: that, drums intro i see yeah now ex- coming together.
2: exactly exactly it's like you you put those two you listen for 30 seconds oh okay i see right so, I, like i said i'm not trying to reinvent the wheel i know what i'm going for
0: yeah no of course you say picking the best one but is it always the best one to you or is it the one that you think might catch the best or is that the same thing
2: see that's a great question too so that's like the impatience the challenging part is literally letting the final mixes or masters sit for a month with everybody in the band show it to a small circle of people see which people talk about what songs blah, blah blah like you know that's similar to like when tv shows do testing groups being being in hollywood i have a lot of friends that work in tv so they'll talk about how oh this show tested this way and this show tested this so i think of that same way before we release music like, how can I pre-screen this to be uh, as successful as possible? And a lot of it, uh, again, has to do with timing. Uh, so what I'll think is going to hit the best, as you just said, a lot of the times isn't what I feel is the best music. That's the disconnect. And uh, that's again, coming back to Soul and Summer, I felt like both of those lined up perfectly for that song. So I feel like with Count to 10, I feel like the music is really great. I feel like it is new age pop punk that again sounds like old pop punk, um, with a very very relatable message behind it that is somewhat silly. So a lot of the a lot of the demo stuff I had different talking points or like is, uh, I I originally wanted to make it like a TikTok dance like with with like just this cut out, like with your hands, like counting to 10 and try and make that go viral. That was my original idea behind the song. And uh, it came off, the feedback that I got with it was like, you're a guy in your early thirties trying to create a, a teen TikTok dance. It's a little, little <laughs> cringe that way. So I let go of that idea and just made it about being pissed off and frustrated, which I think was a lot easier to write about instead of making it some sort of catchy visual thing while just counting to ten.
1: Kind of to jump into that pop punk idea, like it seems like in like twenty twenty with like Machine Gun Kelly and like last year with like Olivia Rodrigo, like pop punk is like emerged back into the mainstream. Like, what do you why do you think that is? Like, do you have any opinions on what kind of this new rebirth or what has brought about this rebirth? I should say. So
2: can I counter question with what it? What would you say? was the most mainstream before that? And how long do you think it lasts? Cause I have like in my head what I think it was, but a lot of people honestly kind of tell me different because I was always in the rock scene. So maybe like, you know, uh, to me, it was the DJ era. Yep. Is, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, Okay. Is, is everybody I agree seeing, with that. Yeah, I agree right? with that. It was the yeah. DJ
2: era. And what I'm, what my hypothesis is, is inclusion. Acceptance. And we're looking at like all these different subgroups of uh, uh, people bonding and gathering for different reasons. And a DJ is just one person. They might have a crew, a high person, maybe dancers or some crap like that. But vast majority of those artists are just one person standing behind their computer or their board. A band is a lot more uh, chemistry. You know, you can play in a badass group or a badass orchestra and you only play one night and you never really integrate or meet people. And a band is some people that you spend time with. You learn how they play, the nuances, what their body chemistry is like on stage, you know, um, where they feel most comfortable. A lot of people have asked me, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident and I'm a big showman when I'm on stage. I like to talk a lot in between songs and I have no problem doing that. What you're considered going solo. Absolutely not. My confidence in my best version of myself comes from knowing that I have badass players supporting me behind me and I'm doing this together. And so that's like my opinion, my reason why I think bands and pop punk in general is coming back is because it's being found by a younger generation that is usually pretty energetic, anyways. And so they're finding high energy pop rock music with guitars that they can play, drum sets, bass, guitars, microphones have usually been, you know, for kids in the garage, somewhat accessible. It's like you can buy a, a pretty decent Tama, uh, you know, full drum set. Now they sell those whole packages for, they've made it pretty accessible compared to...
0: Yeah, a few hundred bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: right. Yeah. You know, compared to like amps that are bigger line that cost a couple thousand dollars. Like that's so intimidating for... A teenager to see that price tag and that's like immediately something that they don't believe is possible for them so they never do it right and that, i do think that uh equipment has been smartly packaged in a smaller more accessible way and now that we are all everybody just went through this global experience where like you had to be by yourself or you had to be with your family Everybody's really, in my opinion, realizing that like we are at our best when we surround ourselves with the people that we care about, that lift us up, that add to our personality and our skills. For me, it's musicianship, arts, performing. So the musicians that, that support me, that fill out my band, that uh, take my ideas and polish them and, and are excited to share the message and keep it positive as well, that's super inspiring to me. And when you get that same type of energy from four people in the same room, versus just one person who's really driven, like, you can be the most talented person in the world. But like, uh, I'm I am a person that believes in synergy, like multiple minds working in that same direction. So I, I think that if you have that, and everybody's inspired, and they're super happy to be together, uh, then it's going to be successful. And only you can really define that success. Everybody from the outside might be, well, how many records did you sell? How much money did you make? And like, I've done uh, out of the country tours like you probably had no idea who I was before this. But, you know, it's like I've done out of the country tours, I've done national tours for the past 10 years and I've had a lot of fun. The records that you see on my wall behind me are records, full length vinyl records that have been produced that I've done in my career um, that probably didn't sell super amount, but they were successful to me because the experiences that uh, added to my life. You know, that's why I'm a musician.
1: Nick, I don't know about you, but that's the probably the greatest answer I've heard to why Pop Punk is back that I've heard. I'm, I'm not just saying that because like you were interviewing right, interviewing you right now, but just like that whole idea of like wanting to connect again. Like I never thought about that before. Like why that could be a reason.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's a an awesome answer. It makes perfect sense when you really break it down like that. Um, we were kind of lacking that togetherness for a while, and then at the same time, we kind of had it in like the weird way of the internet that like we're all kind of like trapped in together. Did any of you guys discover <laughs> Twitch? Cause I discovered oh, yeah. Twitch during <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic.
2: Yeah, see exactly, <laughs> there was another way of like kind of like Zoom is, but like it was another way of like having some sort of activity whether you were watching yeah. somebody game or like me and my friends, like uh, the guy in my other band literally set up like this, his whole Twitch channel. And every week, once a week we would just all six of us get on and play Jackbox. And then by, like, the end of the pandemic, we usually had an audience of, like, 50 to 70 people just watching <laughs> us play
0: Jackbox as
2: a band during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. You see the and same
0: names in the chat. People just want to, like, up, like be involved. Other.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They get, like, like, made jokes about it. They got to vote on, like, you know, you know they made it more inclusive that way. It was, it was very cool. Um, that was about as good as it could get. And that was... The motivation behind the bridge of Stolen Summer, where you hear me do the phone call yeah. to Adam about a virtual concert. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore, yeah. man.
0: <laughs> it's it was fun, but I need I'm, people.
2: <laughs> I'm starting to think that you're just a face in this box and I don't know what's real.
0: <laughs> Leaning into the the music like networking side of it, I was I was scrolling through your TikTok and I was cracking up at, at some of the videos. Like you had a lot of great ideas. Like I love the the outfit changes or the drumstick, just like traveling to the grocery store and getting Cinnamon <laughs> Toast Crunch was hilarious. That's what, credits. That's what,
2: credit to Eric, our original drummer. He was shout super out funny Eric. as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> great idea. But um, yeah, yeah. my, my favorite part of it all though was all those great ideas, and your most viewed TikTok was probably the simplest idea. Yep,
1: <laughs> well, that's funny right. how that works. That's how it works, <laughs> right? Uh, Did you
0: look at that like this? This is what uh, you guys of, want. Of watch? course, we look at that, <laughs> and of
2: course, it's maddening. <laughs> the best advice that I always get about TikTok, and I'm sure, like, if any artist is out there listening, my best advice is to think less about what you make. It's usually the simplest, the stupidest ones that do the best <laughs> for whatever reason.
0: Right? Yeah, for for our uh, listeners, it was it was them in a garage just doing band practice, hoping the neighbors would dig it. <laughs> like that was right. the premise, and, and yeah, it
2: was. Uh, so that guy that pulls back the curtain and like our neighbor, and he's like like looking like he's gonna be angry, and then he starts rocking out. Like yeah. again, like another thing that I have to shout out in terms of networking and, and bringing it together. Uh, my dude Marcus Pennington is, is a social media whiz, and he's not a like a, in Cold Weather Kids as a band member, but. He is, is credited to like showing me the ropes with TikTok and Instagram reels and making it uh, uh, valued as a priority, like in terms of getting your name out there. And here's like the most frustrating part about it is, is like, you'll see those numbers and some of those TikToks explode. So then how many of those people actually go and check you out on Spotify? And yeah. the most frustrating <laughs> thing is less than 5%. Uh, it's less than 5%. So it's like, it's great. It name is. recognition. Name recognition, get it out there. Like uh, uh, there's another friend band that I know from the San Francisco area. They're called First in Flight. Amazing dance pop band with a, like a dash of rock in it. Two million followers on TikTok. Only about 10,000 of them know that they're actually a band, right? Because wow. like their, stream. streams, their streams and their followers on their actual streaming services don't reflect accurately what people are consuming on TikTok, which is just really short, really witty, funny, or dramatic shit. Yeah. Okay. The impressive stuff is good, right? It might get some love and some likes, but in terms, in comparison to the shit that is sent, like shared back and forth, if it's dramatic, if it causes drama, like an injury or a fight or something like that, versus uh, something hilarious, something accidental. Those are the things that like, how can you plan that? You can't plan that to go viral or things like that, but that's what people use to get their follower count up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw the one video you posted. I don't remember where, but it was like, so you got a million views on social media. Like, are the labels barging through your door? Have you got all everything you ever wanted? And you're like, we got a few more listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right.
2: So so that that real that you're talking about, uh, the biggest one on TikTok that it got 100k on TikTok, it got that same one got a million on Instagram. And Uh, so I didn't uh, know
0: Instagram could reach like that.
2: Um, <laughs> not, neither did we. Neither do we. But it, I'm dead serious And it's like, that's why we have over 3,000 followers on Instagram. It's because of that reel. And TikTok was pretty steady in terms of our growth. Like, the more you post, the more you do kind of grow. I've, like, within the last month, I've kind of been back on it, taking it more seriously, like every day or every other day. And just within like the last two weeks, we have gone up like 100 followers. It's just something that you have to be consistent with and not get down on yourself with, right? Because part of the process that I'm always big about is acknowledging that 99% of what you do in a band happens stage. So you should do your best to try and enjoy it. And if artists are constantly complaining, getting down, getting frustrated about themselves for making content, which is such a big part of offstage band work, then that means from that equation, majority of the time that you're in a band, you're unhappy. Something's gotta change, right? So you should enjoy the content that you're making, make it yourself like, yes, trends are fine. Like you use some of the filters and stuff like that as long as you don't post it with such high expectations like this has to go viral because then the disappointment is gonna be that much harsher when it doesn't, right? So that's again, coming back to why Cold Weather Kids' personal band motto is no stress, no stress. We have fun, we have fun doing what we do. We believe that we make good music. It's brought us to people like you were giving me an opportunity and a platform to talk about it. And, uh, I enjoy that, you know, coming out of the podcast, you both welcomed me with a whole bunch of like you, you listened, you, you checked us out. You learned that means genuinely a ton to me, you guys like seriously, like in terms of just being sappy and gratitude for a moment. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's rad. And it's why we make music.
0: I, it, it's mutual because we love talking about it and it's great that anyone responded at all to come on and chat with us. Cause it's fun in the end, we're all doing this to have fun.
1: Right. Orly. And you gave us a chance too, like kind of Nick, what Nick is saying. So it's, it's definitely mutual. Yeah. You, yeah,
0: you got to embrace the, the positivity. Like I, I was laughing in the one when you dove into your, your YouTube, uh, Comments and the one guy was like, "Oh, the riff was great," but then it was like Backstreet Boys, and you're just like, "Yeah, you know, I could kind of hear it." Like, <laughs> did, did it take you a little while throughout your career to kind of get to that oh. point where you could just laugh at it? Or oh, like, yeah. would that oh, yeah. comment a decade ago have like set you spiraling? <laughs> oh, oh, uh,
2: you know, you want you want me to own up and like tell an embarrassing story? So when I in the early 2000s, my very first band was in a progressive screamo band as a drummer as a drummer, backup singer. Nice. And we, we got like a, a small deal and we did Warp Tour on the Ernie Ball stage, 2010, 11 and 12. So as like a young teenager, getting that kind of platform, I built an ego. And I don't know if any of you at the time ever heard of a website called Absolute Punk. Absolute oh yeah, punk? now it's Chorus. Yeah. Ooh, they tore my band's EP apart, like ripped it like ripped Uh, it hard and it it hurt and it hurt to the point where like I wanted to like go like Kevin Durant pro athlete get some ghost Twitter accounts (laughs) and start talking shit and and I, I think I actually did make an account and like didn't go like to the point of talking shit but like I tried to like make an ambiguous argument musically why he was wrong and why it was good and still to this day I'm pretty ashamed that I did that. But just being honest about it, that was the ego back then. And so as the question was, how long did it take you? That was 15 years ago. So, I mean, I was, I was 16, I no, was 17, I'm 33 now. So, yeah, uh,
0: it's understandable to want to defend your work, but. It's also, it's, you don't want to let it get to you because it's just a voice of like the
2: crowd, you know? The work that you really do try your absolute hardest on. And when you're young and you feel successful and you get that type of attention, where a stage where people are looking at you like, I felt invincible. I felt invincible. Like I couldn't, like, and you know, It was it was definitely good that that band played out the way that we had success, but by the end of that last Warped Tour in 2012, everybody in that band hated each other because we all had egos and we all couldn't be in the car with each other anymore. We couldn't stand it, and that was the very last show that we ever played was Warped Tour Milwaukee 2012. And like I talked to a couple of them here and there, but
1: like we just unspoken like that was it. We're done. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and kind of like related to that, like a little random but like what was it like playing warped or like we've been on the opposite end of that but i can only imagine what it's like to kind of be on that for a summer it was hot yeah (laughs) i can imagine
2: (laughs) it was very fucking hot okay so i go through this like in terms of like kind of like high school years the first year so we did we got lucky enough to play a couple of dates not the whole thing but a couple of dates 2010 11 and 12 2010 when you're a band that you get catering uh, free monster because the whole entire event sponsored by monsters so like the first year we like go through bring a whole case of monster to our whole own merch tent stuff like that and like before like before we play we play usually at like noon or one o'clock relatively early but we were always after the battle of the bands like Ernie well, like we played on the Ernie Ball stage but we didn't we weren't a part of the uh contest uh we'd play like after that and Uh, or it was, or we were last just because our name started with a W, which was near the end of the alphabet. I honestly can't remember, but we always played later, not super early. Uh, but it would give us time to drink like two or three monsters and honest to God, like by the end of that first leg of that tour we were all so sick from drinking so much energy drinks like it's like a minimum of like four or five every day and we were so sick because it just
0: dehydrated really cleans <laughs> out like caffeine. cleans
2: out your body in the worst way worst way second year 2011 was really cool because we had a different mindset we knew what not to do so we tried to do our best to like integrate with bigger bands which was when I started the podcast talking about oh I got the chance to meet and hang out a little bit with yellow card and Maybe it was because I was a young Punisher, you know, like, and I define Punisher as like a kid who somehow made it backstage, who won't shut the fuck up with all of his questions because I was trying to meet and get to know any of these other bigger bands that had this huge platform. And how did they get there? What did they do? How did they do it? Who did they talk to? Because I wanted to know I, I was on Warp Tour. The next step was getting to where they were at. I needed to know how to do it. And a lot of those guys within five minutes didn't want to give me the time of day because it was Jack debun Monster. And I was like 10, 12 years younger than them. Like, who's this kid? Like, oh, I played in the Ernie Ball stage. Oh, congratulations, this fucking kid. You know, some shit like that, right? That's kind of how it felt in 2011. I did the best that I could to meet as many people, to learn as much as I could, to play as well as I could. Um, and then 2012, like, I knew after the second day that it was just like, all right, this is like, this is like the end. So I just like, um, started smoking a lot of weed. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: you go. And like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, how
2: do I want to say this? And like, I just got, yeah. It's like to make it bearable with not fight with everybody. I would like, you know, meet, play our set. And like, that was it. We wouldn't see each other until we had to load out and drive to the next place. And like, it just got to the point. I'm not even joking. You guys were like, load-ins and load-outs were like wordless you wouldn't say a word to anybody and like we would just play our set like we were best bros uh, it was, yeah it, it got ugly in that first band but that's that's some some people have that journey and i did and what it did for me is it humbled me like i loved i did love the warp tour experience it really did it was awesome i do wish it would come back because i think a lot of people would super eat it up oh um, yeah
0: you're talking about yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was, it's definitely a great experience. Um, But in terms of like what it did for me over that stretch, it humbled me. I did learn a lot. Uh, I learned that if I was going to have like an ego, it's because like afterwards for like the next two years from like 2012 to 2014, nobody wanted to play with me. Nobody wanted to play with me. And it forced me to take like a look in the mirror in terms of like, what am I doing to turn people away? And like, you know, I developed some dickish asshole tendencies and, you know, wrote, cocky jaded kind of stuff or talk down on people who I didn't think worth my time and like I said it humbled me um so when I went to college and then I met Adam Adam was such a stand-up guy and pretty like straight straight and he was like athletic and he was a trainer and I was uh a little bit more artsy and let's say attend to uh explore partying and i you know was like smoking weed a lot more we went to an art college in a big city what do you want from me yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I talk about my my adolescent drug youth on camera damn it where am i doing
0: jesus <laughs> we've all been there it's cool but, but yeah it's uh, you know, adam college is, thing adam is like uh, another thing
2: that like he's he's like if we're gonna do this we're gonna we're gonna work hard at this so we're gonna do it like the right way and you know uh he helped me like get a day job in Chicago and stuff like that uh, after graduating college and help connect me with the wedding band route. And so like that was another experience that definitely helped build some skills and some things that I had to take a lot more serious when applying it to original band, like Cold Brother Kids, right? Like I I talked about both of us being in a wedding band and like how those days were literally from like one in the afternoon to like three in the morning in terms of load up, get to the venue, sound check, meet with the bride and groom, all that kind of stuff to make sure everything's checked out. It's like, obviously the day is not as packed as that is for like uh, an original band concert, you know, where the lineup is like four bands to a bill, half hour set, right? Pretty simple, you get your shot, Uh, but a lot of those uh, gigs don't have full immersive sound. And that's another thing that we've gained experience with is like this the studio that I've been able to build within like the last two, three years because of my amazing wife has allowed us to like work on micing drums, micing guitars, having a controlled sound. We play with backing tracks, which sometimes is controversial to people, but in my opinion, like you're playing to a click. I've integrated like a light show with it when I have the ability to set it all up, which I think is really cool. It's all these different things that we took from different experiences, warp Tour, wedding bands, uh, making online content through Twitch and kind of brought them all to like what we're doing now. So with Cold War The Kids, I haven't been on Twitch in a while, but I I personally made all of our music videos. Like I uh, dabbled in animation. So I don't know if you watched the Year of My Player Two video, but that was like, Adam loves that song the whole video game thing and he really pushed for like like make a video that uses like everything and so I did for like a couple months during the pandemic what else was I gonna do yeah I made all of those graphics and photoshop and animated it and had him come over when he could and like the the shots were through with controllers is literally just like looking at a camera <laughs> with con- like pretending that something's there and came out pretty awesome in terms of a do-it-yourself animated music video so all of it has been trying to do do most of what I can ourselves to one save on budget to make us seem multi-skilled and attractive to maybe a labeler management that's like these guys are low risk high reward because we don't have to pay for x y and z because they already do it themselves that's another thing that I've tried to really take serious in terms of like what do you do offstage to make yourself more successful? And that all plays into everything that we were just kind of talking about in terms of booking shows, getting bigger concerts, getting podcasts, interviews like that. It's just wanting to connect with anybody, whether it's two or 200.
1: Yeah. It's funny, you mentioned uh, Pure Noise before. I was just saying before you jumped on the call to Nick that like, you, I'm shocked that they haven't gobbled you guys up yet with like all the pop punk bands that they signed. Ooh. I wish I wish. Let me tell you. So I am I am lucky enough to right now. Like I
2: said, I am a part of that Chicago band that is on Pure Noise Records. We are probably the smallest band on Pure Noise Records. But if I can give them some love for a second. Yeah, you love Pure Noise. Yep. they're called Devin K and the Solutions. And I have been the drummer and the backup singer for the last 13 years in that band. And we signed a three album deal with them last year.
1: Congrats. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, that's great.
2: So really, really stoked about it. The first album, which you see on the wall behind me, the first album dropped uh, April 1st at the beginning of this month. So I flew into Chicago, did some shows there. And uh, now the biggest thing that I'm trying to do for cold weather kids is we're currently in the running for a contest to maybe open for Lit at the House of Blues.
0: Yes, I had written this down because I wanted to ask about it. Um, what's the deal with that? <laughs> so we know we know a guy. Uh, we've been lucky
2: enough, I should say, to meet an awesome guy that's very involved in like the Southern California music scene. Who calls himself the OC Sellout. He's super exuberant, awesome, energetic guy that like is easily identif- identifiable by wearing flat brimmed forward baseball caps. Bearded Hawaiian shirt, and he calls himself the OC. said, like that's his like nice. <laughs> looks like that every time every show he goes to. So it's pretty easy to pick him out. But he runs a couple of contests for like tickets and stuff like that. And I guess maybe he knows some of the guys, if not all the guys from Lit personally. And Lit, you know, doesn't play as active as they used to anymore. But they're playing the House of Blues in Anaheim on June seventeenth, and they partnered with him to run a contest where they're going to allow one band to open or a band that participate. I don't know if there's more bands after that before lit, but there might be just be two. There might be more. I'm not really sure. But what I do know is that this contest that's running right now, we are, I think we have a pretty good chance to make the top five. I did spend, I think a pretty decent fair amount of time producing and making the video. And I, I, you know, did a cover as a lot of bands did. It's one, it's, if not their most popular song, my own worst enemy, which everybody knows, right. (laughs) Uh, A lot of bands did a cover of that to try and like make their entry. And I did as well. Uh, The thing that I thought, or I think separates my video is the literal use of me being my own worst enemy, like being down on myself. So in the video, I'm literally like pitching myself kind of wearing what I'm wearing now, the blue shirt, the brightness, and then myself in sunglasses, all black, just like, Nope, you suck. It's not going to happen. So it's like trying to be literal with the song while also covering it to get the attention. in at the end of the video, I did some somewhat creative shots where it looks like I'm playing music with myself or I'm rocking out with myself. And I just did like a shot of where I'm playing guitar and drums and I kind of masked it. So it's happening at the same time. Um, and that's my entry the top five most creative videos get handpicked by the members of lit and the guy running the contest and then it's a vote off top five most votes gets to open so if we make top five i had to find a lot of people to give give me votes all right gotta...
0: well you got a platform right here so yeah
2: that's <laughs> right so i'm um, get it out there yeah that's I super appreciate it. It'd be an absolute enormous opportunity. It would easily, easily be the biggest show that Cold Weather Kids has ever played. Uh, We're talking about 2.2 thousand people, like 2,200 I think is the uh, House of Blues cap in the big room. So that would be incredible.
1: Now I gotta ask, like when you were in the wedding band, how many times would you play my own worst enemy? Can you even count? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, so no. So it wasn't like that kind of wedding band. It was, it was like more um, top 40s wedding band. So okay. every, uh, everything okay. from like my wedding soil Yeah, Justin Bieber, <laughs> <In> <laughs> Kesha, <laughs> that kind of stuff. To to also like the classics like Earth, Wind, and Fire, Jesse's Girl, Summer Say that yeah. that kind of stuff. So it was wasn't going to be like. He didn't really have my boss was like one of the best drummers that I ever got to learn from. He's in his mid fifties. Now when I was playing with him in his late forties, it was a lot. It was a lot of like seventies, eighties and like current pop radio stuff. It wasn't really anything nineties or two thousands, very rare. They had a couple spice girls and Backstreet Boys songs. So it was a lot of like radio stuff. Like I said.
0: Yeah. now, Now that all the, the '90s and 2000s kids are getting married. Now it's going to be time. because yeah. I know my wedding. We just it it's, was like pop punk we were for like totally hours. true.
2: <laughs> That's actually been one of the most surprising things about like just being in a pop punk band or being in like an original band is the amount of of people that are actually asking us to play their wedding and play both originals and covers. And
0: uh, on the topic of of weddings, I, I have one one of my last questions here. You recorded a video at your own wedding for a, for. A, <laughs> did that i love that idea it looked like a ton of fun to go down um obviously all your groomsmen and and your wife everyone was just totally on board as if you didn't Um, have enough to do that day so my
2: my wife didn't really know what was going on um (laughs) yeah the idea came up uh I mean, I'm sure you saw my TikTok. So I play, like played it like in a super nutshell. Like my my only plan was to go bowling. I love bowling, and then go back to my buddy's apartment and drink and party. And I had my whole groomsmen there, and my buddy's apartment just happened to be Adam. And Adam and I, you know, we ended up using it as Cold Brother Kids material. But we actually weren't in a band together at the time. We were just writing and recording and just hanging out every now and then, and that that evolved into like a session where he's like why don't you just like write a song about getting married and like he pulls out his guitar and like plays like uh, a riff or something like that and like within like two minutes I threw it into like this like minute and a half idea and then I was just like I'm getting fucking married and it's like that's it that's the hook right there and then like. More of my friends started to arrive. So I got them on gang vocals. The the front man from my first band who I talked about with Warp Tour. He's the guy that screams on the track. I was going to ask. yeah, He's one of my groomsmen as well. Um, Yeah. And then one of the guys that plays guitar is Devin from Devin K and The Solution. So it's like I had all those people there. It was like at the time when I got married, I wasn't playing in any band. So it was like really, really awesome for me to do that. And I had to get one shot where my wife and I were walking with my groomsmen behind me near the end of the video. And she was like, what am I doing this for? And I was like, just look happy. We got married. And <laughs> she was, she, and she saw me lip syncing the song and afterwards she was like, what was that song? And I was like, long story. You're going to see it in probably like a week. I made a music video. Love you. And that was like me telling her that like, I did this before we got married kind of thing yeah, you know
0: some guys play yeah. golf the morning of you made a music yeah. video it's all yeah it's all good
2: <laughs> yeah you uh, guys i really really appreciate your time i know that i i've ranted and i've talked but I, oh I tried no it's to be- been
1: fun but this has been um, awesome no,
0: Right before you go well yeah what are some of your other bands that you've been in like on warped and like you know some of the records on the wall Just so curious. warp
2: warped tour was a band called whispered hallows like deathly hallows of harry potter whispered hallows and if you youtube us you'll find a bunch of stuff um we we're bigger in the midwest area from wisconsin in the late 2000s to early 2000 teens we had a six-year career from like 07 to 2012 as i said and it was a good time we we did a grand total of 10 songs recorded one one ep and like three singles um AP Magazine, a couple of stuff like that. I talked about Devin Kay and the Solutions, the band that I showed the sticker of. I've been in that band longest of any of my projects, 13 years. And that's where I still get to play drums. And the really cool thing about that is probably where I've met the most people. Uh, I've gotten the opportunity, like our producer for that band is Mike Kennerty. And if you don't know who that is, he's the guitarist of the All-American Rejects. And oh, wow. so that... that Uh, connection has been really cool, because I'm the one that records and edits most of our music before I send it to him, which has allowed me to develop a personal relationship with him. It's like somebody that I ask questions about uh, mixing or editing, and he's been super helpful that way. And they, as a group, have been awesome in terms of trying to vouch for us. All American Rejects doesn't play that many shows anymore. But in February of 2020, they came back to play a Chicago show that they allowed us to open for. And that's been the biggest show of my career to date. That was a sold out Chicago show for 2000 people. And it was just our two bands. So it was really awesome to have that. Um, the wedding band that I was a part of was called Green 14. They're still active in Chicago today. I still do some video work for them today. My boss, Patrick Duty, fantastic professional musician. Um, water district is the other band that Adam and I were a part of that you can find on Spotify. Adam has like, it's funny. That's like, you can hear music that is from Adam and I, when Adam and I weren't in the same band at the same time, it's, it's really funny. I I mean, this like the songs were recorded. Adam played all the guitar. He quit. They were unfinished. I joined as a bass player, filled in all the backup vocals. So it's like the recordings of Water District have Adam on guitar and me on backing vocals, but we were never in the band together. That's kind of funny that way. Yeah. And uh, I already talked about Glass Castles. Glass Castles, I don't think is on Spotify anymore. We only released one EP and uh, didn't really do that great. And I think there's one song on Spotify. And then it's just... uh, cold brother kids. And that's been the baby that Adam and I have poured a lot of energy and attention into. I already talked about how songs we can't finish is actually, uh, old glass castle songs molded into a new package. When can we uh,
0: expect, uh, these new, you said you have five finished songs, um, any plans to release them soon? I got,
2: yeah, got one, got one that's being mastered and being like finished off. And, the premise of that song is just, what are you afraid? Like the last song is like, what makes you angry? And can you dance it out? This next song is just, what are you afraid of? And the kind of inspiration behind that was me being really afraid of the show. Are you afraid of the dark on Nickelodeon?
1: <laughs> I love that show.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so uh, this, the next song that you'll hear for us is, is a bit harder. And I think it's the hardest that cold weather kids will nice. ever go. And then I plan right after that within the holiday season to release the poppiest song that we've ever done, <laughs> just to keep you guessing. Hell yeah. So I, I do hope for two more songs by the end of the year. That's that's what I'll say. Um, lastly, if it's okay to plug, cause I just forgot. I think I mentioned it once. We have our very first merch line. Uh, two awesome, great shirts. If you're by chance interested in checking them out, it's cold weather kids, all one word dot big cartel.com. really really happy with how both of these shirts came out both of them have some relevance to stolen summer the black one has the lyrics on the back we all need something to look forward to because we do right and the white one has the picture as the drawn artwork of the guy on the couch i call him just 2020 couch guy
0: oh uh, ryan this has been so fun if you're ever near jersey or on the east coast we'd love to check you guys out i know you said you stay close to la but um Nick, Brent, well, I'll, t- I'll <laughs> tell you
2: what, I'll tell you in June, I don't know if we're close to Jersey, but I'll tell you in June the Devon K and the Solutions are going to be in New York. Oh, right on. It's very close enough. So, so uh, we're, we're, eye we're on tour June 22nd through the 28th and we're going through the East Coast loop. Cool. All righty. Nick, Brett, it has been a pleasure, a privilege to get to know both of you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for listening. And um hope you two are great and have a fantastic rest of your night. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you too. Uh we'll talk soon. Good you luck. And we'll right, thanks vote, again, Ryan. We'll vote for the lit contest when we see you in the chat. Appreciate top five. that. It'd be huge. <laughs> Scoop up beep boop pop pop doop yeah we're back we are back hello brett how you doing
1: hello nick good how are you
0: good welcome to the other side of the show here we are how's it look over here it's nice side b (laughs) we flipped the record it was a fun interview
1: awesome interview yeah actually raised a question that i want to throw to you or i raised a thought i should say Ooh, what do you got I've always found it like fascinating how like bands come up with a guitar riff and then it just sits there for a while. And meanwhile, like they're sitting on something that's like going to blow up. Oh yeah. Then of course it doesn't happen until they actually put it out. Like in like sellout, like how they talked about green day, like how they wrote time of your life back around like the dookie days, but it didn't come out for like another four years.
0: I can say as an amateur guitarist, who's very popular in his own basement. (laughs) that the spiders here really enjoy my music um i will write guitar riffs and they'll just sit in like voice memos or like a folder on my computer some for years and then sometimes when i try to write a song i'll just flip through them and then you find one where you're like oh this is actually pretty good like let me try and like expand on this and uh, yeah i
1: just think that's awesome like it's like a music nerd thing but like it's just so cool to me
0: Yeah, who knows what like hit songs are just sitting on like a desktop unfinished right
1: now. That makes wild.
0: Or think about all these bands that have songs that they just don't think are good enough to release. And we would probably love, Yep. like I'm a huge Mac Miller fan and he has like hard drives of music that are just not out there to the world. Some songs get leaked and they're awesome. But like just knowing he has all this music out there. Just like, uh, I hope I get to hear it someday.
1: Yeah, I feel like all the leaked ones of his that you showed me, like I've loved.
0: Yeah. And the leaked ones were all like pretty finished because I think I know like his family and friends, like it's a touchy subject. Like the songs aren't as he wanted them. Like he didn't find these songs to be ready to release. So it would be kind of, it could be considered disrespectful to them release them. But so
1: that's why they haven't officially released.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's definitely a a tricky situation. I, I would think from like all the things I've seen of Mac that he would want his fans to hear the stuff, but he was also a perfectionist. So maybe not, I don't know. Um, But yeah, I I hope, uh, I hope they put out some more albums, but who knows? Who knows? Um, Speaking of albums, we got a few new ones coming out this week
1: a handful
0: we have um silverstein which we mentioned before which we're both that's got to be like most, most anticipated yeah for, for the weekend sure. yeah probably of the of the year so far as far as albums i've been excited for it to come out i mean there was the cold years album that. but yeah. i wasn't anticipating that that just like fell out of a tree and hit me just in the happened. head <laughs> oh god i love that album um but yeah silverstein um, do we know the name of this album?
1: Misery made me right oh
0: oh yeah yeah and there's three singles and I have inadvertently followed suit with you I have not listened to these songs Welcome i think I, the club. I think I might have listened to ultraviolet which is the first one they put out the other two I have not listened to maybe snippets on instagram but not enough for me to like recall them so uh I'm going in fresh just like you
1: I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I mean, just based on how good the last one was, because like it just seems like they're somehow getting better, like the older they get, which is like very rare for a band to do, but they're somehow pulling it off.
0: They're honing their craft. They are. Yeah, and but they're like, having the, so much fun.
1: I was going to say uh, the new guitarist. I feel like just gave them like a second wind, and they've been pumping out like really, really great stuff ever since he joined the band.
0: When was that? That uh, was a uh,
1: 2013 2012
0: 2013, 2012 so around um maybe how the wind shifts
1: that one yeah that's his first album what's his what's his uh, name uh, it's bothering me now.
0: i don't know off the top of my head i just know shane is the main guy and then um
1: i I'm to, I'm having a brain fart i'd
0: have to wikipedia it to know
1: paul mark russo
0: oh shout out paul you rock um yeah i can't wait i can't wait for this album it's going to be heavy it's going to be a headbanger it's going to be screams it's going to be singing it's going to be heavy guitar it's going to be light guitar they do it all and they do it so well 22 years they've been around that's crazy it really is
1: Um, they've done like four separate anniversary tours of like discovering the waterfront (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah seriously and we keep going <laughs> um
1: i do shipwreck in the sand one time
0: oh man that album has one of the best intros a great fire or so is funny. it i am the arsonist whatever like i am the,
1: the arsonist. the riff on i am the arsonist is yeah that's got a that killer
0: breakdown <laughs> that's
1: broken stars right
0: oh shit you're right yeah you know as i started doing it i realized that was wrong um whatever it's good enough i'm sure i had some down and n in
1: it <laughs>
0: i can't wait little mouth Here's
1: silver scene for everybody
0: <laughs> you nailed it may 6th we're so close we're so close oh friday's gonna be sweet i think i'm gonna put on first thing in the morning I'm just going to like start off to. by Friday at a hundred percent. What else is coming out Friday?
1: And simple plan who we discussed at the top of the show is putting out their new album too. Oh. So at least when you're forced to go, you'll have some new material <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> That's just what I want. Simple plan to play songs that I don't know. <laughs> Cause
1: they're going to have to play like a double set <laughs> because some 41 won't be there.
0: <laughs> um, do they have a name for their album? These are things we could have looked up in advance. I know <laughs>
1: I dropped the ball there. No, it's cool. <laughs> We're doing um, it live, people.
0: <laughs> do it live. Um, no, I, I don't know, um, but we'll <laughs> we'll find out in two days. Harder than it looks. Oh, that's a good name. I feel like it's it's in like there, there. I
1: mean, the song with Derek is really good. I've been listening to that one a lot. Ruined my life. As a non-single guy, I've been listening to that single a lot.
0: Whoa. Um, I don't, I don't even see it. Oh, here it is. Ruined my life. There's a bird on fire. That's cool. Oh, so yeah, I guess they're uh, making songs together. Some forty simple.
1: <laughs> <laughs> simple forty one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't listened to the simple plan in a very long time. So I'm actually pretty excited to see what they sound like these days.
1: They were awesome. They played warp Tour, the final warp tour a couple summers ago. Like I went home and ended up listening to them for like two weeks straight after that because of how good they still were alive. So at least like they do put on a good show. So I'm like, not that we were bashing them at the beginning, but they're just not like we wouldn't voluntarily see them by themselves necessarily yeah
0: no i i personally wouldn't but it doesn't mean like i think they're bad or anything yeah um yeah i'm i'm excited to see see what they got um and then the last album we have
1: yeah i put this one on there
0: um arcade fire who when i hear their name i think of like music festivals
1: they do play a lot of festivals
0: they seem like a music festival band to me and they seem like a band that I would recognize songs if I heard them, but I can't tell you Arcade Fire songs.
1: So, with them, I'd probably only recommend The Funeral and The Suburbs. Like, I got really into The Suburbs, like, during COVID, that first COVID summer. I think it was like the 10 year anniversary of that album coming out when they won, like, Best Album at the Grammys for it. Are they, like, kind
0: of like folky?
1: A little bit, but they have some songs that go really hard, too. Not, like, really hard, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, like, they got, like, blues
1: guitar that kicks in, maybe? They just sound big, like a big rock band. That's cool. I got this song... What's it called again? It is...
0: I'm looking at their biggest hits. I don't really recognize...
1: Empty Room. If you listen to that song on the suburbs.
0: All right. I'll add it to the list.
1: And the song, The Suburbs, and Ready to Start, Back to Back, or it's just... I love that album, so definitely recommend that one if you've never listened before. And supposedly yeah. this new album we is like a return to that sound. Oh, right so I'm on. Curious to year out is.
0: Okay. so I'll listen to this tomorrow and then I'll listen to their new album Friday.
1: And everything in between, like there's a lot of debate amongst fans, whether it's good or not, because they really made a push towards like pop and it doesn't work a lot of the time. Uh, but some people think it does work. It's almost like a Weezer argument in a way, but yeah, it's a different band.
0: Yeah. What makes a good radio song might not be what the fans want, but it might exactly. be what brings the band the bucks. So
1: so a lot of new music this week. Yeah. In addition to the concert prep listening that we'll be doing.
0: Yes. A lot of new music. I have some old music I wanted to bring up Oh. Um, a little Hey Remember segment
1: remember your brother Dwayne
0: so hey remember Finch yes <laughs> dude I we when I was at the show um for Jawbreaker last week Finch came up and we were just like talking about bands I completely forgot about Finch and this album what it is to burn with like the ice cube tray on the front or it whatever that twenty is, this year really oh they should tour it I would totally go to that um new beginnings it's so good, every song is good on this I
1: uh stay with me. I used to listen to this album all the time um it's truly a classic that I think is still like under the radar a lot like like you said like people don't really think about it until yeah. it comes up until like, they come up
0: did they were they ahead of their time like I don't know why they weren't more popular or maybe they just were a one album wonder and they just couldn't follow it up but Because this came out two thousand two,
1: they were a little ahead of their time.
0: That's like kind of right when like like screamo was starting. Not that I'd call them screamo, but they're like definitely on like the heavier side of emo. With like like Thursday, um, Silverstein, uh, who else? Uh, Under oath. Yeah, yeah. Under oath. um, Census fail. Hawthorne Heights. Like. All that they're right in the mix with that. So I think they're on the earlier end. I mean, Thursday probably hasn't beat, but as far as those other bands go, I think Finch was probably ahead of Census Fail and Hawthorne Heights.
1: There are some interesting tidbits on the Wikipedia page for what it is to burn.
0: Is there any? Supposedly anything? like
1: uh Jeremy McKinnon of a data remember said that this album is the reason they formed as a band.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty huge. Thanks, Finch, for giving us a day to remember.
1: Right, and then throwing it back to the beginning of the show. Supposedly, the Amity Afflictions, chasing ghosts, their album from 2012, was massively influenced by What It Is to Burn. Wow! Did we just so we've Ring
0: episode full circle on a <laughs> <He> complete <did. laughs> accident. All right, wrap it up. That's it. We're out of <laughs> <laughs> I listen
1: to
0: this album now. Um, the Amity Affliction or what it is to burn.
1: Amity Affliction, although it sounds Both. a little dark, it says the theme of this record is death and suicide.
0: Oh well, that so would fit in with that. early two thousands uh, emo music for sure. Um, yeah, this Finch album, it still holds up. I I had it on today and yesterday, and just every every song is good. Um I saw them live once. It was um it's either warp tour or bamboozle and they played like first thing in the morning very early. And I was one of like not many people in the crowd. And they still like performed as if it was like a loaded crowd. His voice sounded awesome. So that always stuck with me that they were able to bring it live because that that counts to me. Um if I like the band and then See him shit the bed live. It kind of takes uh, takes a little off. Yeah. But, Did you
1: like the album after this one, Say Out of Sunshine"?
0: I honestly never listened to anything other than this album. <laughs> I just there's listen, some good ones yeah. on
1: there. Got ink and bite marks and blood stains.
0: I'll put it on. Um, yeah, it was one of those things you probably, where I think
1: you'll recognize.
0: There's some bands where there's just they just have one album I like so much, and I just never. Bothered to listen to others, which is definitely like stupid because if you like an album that much, why wouldn't you listen to other stuff by the band? But sometimes
1: you get hooked on the one, yeah.
0: Just like that's all I need, it's what it is to burn. But that's like, um, who else? Um, well, I could save it for another Hater Remember, but um, Hater Remember, (laughs) a Hater Remember, a Hater Remember. but um, armor for sleep was that kind of band where um, that's a good what album. to do when you're dead. Like that album was one of my favorites of all time. And they put out other stuff and like, I maybe let to it once, but that's all I need from them is that one album. I haven't gone back to that in a while either, but now we're going on a tangent, but yeah. Um, what it is to burn by Finch. Definitely give it a listen, see if it holds up. I think it does
1: will do and i think actually follow up question to live bands how was jawbreaker i was waiting to ask you until oh yeah um dude
0: so so good good Um, okay i was worried they're gonna
1: be like disappointing
0: no um they were like a little more jammy than i thought too which always makes me happy like they were so good at their instruments um the songs were all spot on but you could the drummer actually um i meant to write his name down because it's worth it's worth saying this guy like carried the show for me um he was just so locked in and like just a master at what he was doing um uh what's his name um adam meister adam meister adam faller if i'm saying his last name right Oh, meister
1: is um, the bass player right yeah and yeah. then
0: blake schwarzenbach is lead in guitar but um yeah, so I'm at Irving Plaza, and they were phenomenal. Like, I'm so glad I went to the show because it was. I was kind of on the fence about it. Um, I had to like bail on my uncle. He wanted to see um, Godsmack for some sort of like uh, radio rock fest thing. One of my and buddies at like, that show. We had tickets, and then it got rescheduled a few times, and it wound up falling on the same day as this, and. I just I went with this one. Uh and to be honest, I'm I'm really glad I did because I don't know when I'll ever see them again. Probably never, to be honest, but um they were awesome. And I got this
1: cool little uh
0: I got this pick, this tin. Pig tin. Pick tin. And it, has, and it has all these little picks inside with like lyrics and like pictures on it pretty cool i'm trying to buy less t-shirts so if i could see find a piece of merch for like 15 dollars or cheaper
1: like a koozie
0: yeah big fan of koozies pins like patches koozies. they were selling a uh teal blue vinyl of the album but it was like 80 bucks so i wasn't wasn't gonna <laughs> yeah, do that lot. but it was pretty a lot sweet. vinyl yeah yeah um yeah phenomenal show a phenomenal album and they they were like um founded this type of music for so many people like so many bands that we listen to like credit jawbreaker to starting it all so
1: i wish we were around like when they were like bigger i feel like we definitely missed the boat on them
0: yeah we were like five years too young for a lot of stuff which is so little but it uh it was just enough where like we kind of missed some of those early stages but we got the early 2000s which i find a lot of the people five years older than us didn't lean into as much. So I'll take it. I I'll mean, take it too. Yeah. Whatever. But um, yeah, it was a great show. We uh, real quick thing about getting there. Um, we drove to Secaucus to take the train into the city and there was a brush fire on the tracks. So we couldn't leave. <laughs> so we wound up driving into Hoboken and taking the path in. So we missed the, uh, um the warriors or just warriors i think was the opener
1: at least you got there in time for them though
0: yeah yeah i mean it was fun but i've never had a a brush fire prevent me from going to a show before and that's definitely a first (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty weird but um yeah it was a great show great time great adventure just just love it love it all
1: and more adventures coming saturday and monday yeah, maybe maybe Saturday. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what. Oh, he does
1: have that weather policy, which I looked up today. That they would that they do postpone shows, so it's not yeah automatically so, rain or shine like the Art Center.
0: So we either want some forty one to get healthy, or we want it to really rain hard.
1: Give me a new date at this point. If they're not going to play, yeah. give me a new date. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to get my money back. Like, I want to see them live again. Yeah,
0: and I want to see all killer no filler. So if they don't do that, I still want my money
1: back. (laughs) I mean, if it's postponed to like when this new album comes, like I'd gladly go see that too.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, I love like all some forty ones. I do too. Like I've seen them a bunch. They they're not going to play anything. I'm going to be disappointed with. But I did have my heart set on seeing that album. And they can play that album in like 20 minutes. Just, just play it half hour. Yeah. Just play it. And then you can play your play your other songs. Come on. You made a promise to NME, so.
1: They did play some good old stuff, though, it looks like, too. Uh, I don't know if I you bet. want me to tell you or right not, but. Uh,
0: I mean, I'm sure like We're All to Blame is in there. And um, I'm, I'm talking like Hell Pre, All
1: Killer, No Filler.
0: Pre, I thought that was their first album. <laughs>
1: You you ever listened to half hour of power before?
0: Oh, you know, I really like have not actually. I think I put it on once.
1: That's like listen to it.
0: That's like where their like original logo comes from. Oh yeah, yeah, I know some of these songs. Grab the devil by the horns and uh, (laughs) (laughs) makes no difference. Did they re-record that and summer too?
1: They re-recorded summer. On okay uh, Killer No Oh uh,
0: makes no difference. I might just know
1: then. That's it's like one of my no favorite sense. songs by them. Yeah, "Machine Gun" is good. Oh, cool! Remember what we're all about? uh <laughs> Like they pretty much rap at the end. It's like <laughs> on like the Spider-Man soundtrack.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I don't, I don't remember that. I'll, I might remember if I listen to it. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be a great show. I hope it happens. I, don't know. I keep looking at this weather yeah.
1: forecast and like I don't know if I wanted to happen <laughs>
0: yeah fair. I just hope whatever does happen happens definitively so yeah and not um, at like 4
1: 45 yeah
0: because if I know in advance I'm getting my whole Saturday like off then I can make new plans or uh do something else <laughs> yeah find another show that's inside. Or we could set up an interview for Saturday because we got lots of great interviews coming. Um big, big one. Big yeah. We got well oh, big
1: to us, but I think also should yeah. be big in the near future.
0: Yeah, definitely biggest yet. And we're super excited. We we'll post some some like hints on social media, but we don't wanna we don't wanna say Jinxing. it yet. Yeah, we wanna hype you guys up and yeah, it's going to be good. We're real excited about it. Big thing's coming. Um, I think that's our show for today. What do you say, Bright Wrap it up?
1: I think so. All We've right. Complained enough about the, uh, <laughs> about forty one for the day.
0: The theme of the show, weather is bad. COVID <laughs> is bad. <laughs>
1: we're yeah. in our 30s now, so we're like old men yelling at the cloud. Old literally. men yelling at the cloud. We're
0: literally yelling at the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs>
1: that's a perfect uh, note to end on
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh thank you everyone as always um do all the things if you remember to like like us and subscribe and whatever it would help uh, but either way thank you for listening and we'll see you next time
1: with some new silverstein that we'll be yes. breaking down
0: hell yeah all right peace
1: love you guys